Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, welcome to the show. This is a quick 25-minute bite-sized episode that I did with JP Barrick. We were having a catch-up call talking about mining and we got onto the subject of FUD because we need to bust some FUD that's coming our way about Bitcoin being bad for the environment. It's just complete and utter nonsense. I hope this goes a long way to helping you guys build an arsenal against this FUD and um, JP breaks it down pretty nicely. So just a quick one. Great to catch up with JP as always. Uh, Before we do get into this show, you know what I'm going to say, go start stacking sats, that's it, you've got to get you've got to get into this, if you're in the UK, coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten, that will get you 30% off of any uh, commission charges for three months, and if you're in the US, swanbitcoin.com forward slash bitten, that kicks you off with a $10 start, and then just sign up and start fiat cost averaging your way into this bull run, yeah, and thank us in around uh, five to ten years. This is not a get-quick-rich scheme. Right, on to this one with JP. Thanks, JP, for coming on. Catch you after the show, guys. JP, JP coming back to the, the Ones Bitten Pod. How you doing, JP? Great to have you. Doing well. I'm glad to be back. And um, last time you, you had uh, a question from... From Lauren. This is not Lauren. She hasn't grown this quick in a year. Uh, this this is Caitlin, her older sister. Uh, Lauren's busy in a French lesson right now. So uh, Caitlin wanted to ask you a, a quick question. What is Bitcoin mining? Was that what is Bitcoin mining? So Bitcoin mining is when a bunch of computers secure the Bitcoin network and are rewarded by getting new Bitcoins from their activities. What Bitcoin miners do are they take a lot of energy and they do math problems to solve new Bitcoin blocks, which keeps the Bitcoin network running. Um, No one owns all the Bitcoin miners. They're owned by a bunch of people all across the world. And at the end of the day, they provide security and what I would call this like protection of energy that's consumed to protect and keep Bitcoin running. So those are what Bitcoin miners are in my eyes. Okay. Does that make sense to you? <laughs> yeah. It does? Yeah. It's a difficult one. The mining the mining side of Bitcoin yeah. is a very difficult thing to understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any more questions? Um, how long have you been mining Bitcoin for? Um, I started mining Bitcoin in 2017, right around then. Um, I got my first Bitcoin miner, which was a Butterfly Labs jalapeno miner. Um, by the time I got it, it was good at basically heating up your coffee in the morning and it uh, could warm it up, but it didn't do much else uh, because it wasn't profitable because they took so long to ship it. They were supposed to ship it about two years ago, and then they, you know, they finally shipped it um, back in 2016, 2017 timeframe. 
Okay, That's cool. It. All right. Well, uh, thanks for your questions, and I'll carry on with JP. Okay. Well, nice meeting you. Nice to meet you. Bye. 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 Cheers, JP. It's been um, right about, uh, well, probably about 10 months since uh, we, we first caught up and you came on the show uh, to do, um, it's a really good mining show, actually. Um, uh, thanks again for, for coming on. Got great feedback about that. Just trying to simplify it for, the, for those people that haven't heard it before, you know, definitely go back and check it out and I'll link it in the show notes. Um, this this might just be a bite-sized pod because JP's got to run in like 20 minutes, but uh, we will do uh, a follow-up and um, just just find out what what's going on out there at the moment, JP, in, in the world of mining. It, it's not a world I know a great deal about at all. And I want to make sure, because there's a lot of FUD coming out around Bitcoin at the moment um, on every every aspect. What FUD are you seeing being aimed at the mining sector right now? And, and, and can you just help us uh, understand why it is just FUD? Sure. So I would say the FUD that you know we recently heard that blew up a lot on Twitter was that Bitcoin mining uses a lot of energy and that's for somehow bad for the environment. Um, the, the matter of fact is, is that Bitcoin miners are the lowest cost operators of energy, which means they're going to the area where energy is the lowest cost. That usually means that they're going to energy that no one else wants, no one else is even talking about, touching, or using. So this great example is flare gas of when, when you mine oil or when you drill for oil, there's flare gas that comes out of the ground and that gas is emitted into the atmosphere. That's one example that Bitcoin miners are saying, okay, we're going to stop that problem. We're going to help reduce it. There are wind farms that generate power all across the US, all across Europe, especially in Germany, where that power pricing goes into the negatives. This simply means that taxpayers are paying for those wind farms to be running, and that power is not actually being used for anything. It's being bought um, by the, it's being bought for a negative price, which means this asset, you know, is is trading in below zero dollars. That means no one is valuing it. But hey, the Bitcoin miners come in, they provide the opportunity, they bring jobs to the area, and they're building mining facilities at these wind farms. So Bitcoin miners, as I mentioned, are, are looking for the lowest cost power. So therefore, they are going on these edge cases of the grid where the grid isn't really functioning how it's supposed to be. So. Bitcoin miners aren't going to come into your city. They're not going to raise your rates. They're not going to raise the rates of the United States overall. They actually provide grid stability. And we've seen over the past two years, as energy companies become more aware of what Bitcoin is and the future it's going to play in the energy space, they're actually asking Bitcoin miners to come to their facilities, to run their mining machines at these facilities, and then turn off the power when everyone else in the US needs it during those hot summer days or those cold winter months. And so that's really why, you know, how Bitcoin miners are adapting and how they actually help the grid instead of hurting the grid. Like, you know, a lot of people like to say in the beginning is, you know, Bitcoin uses so much energy, it's going to be bad for the environment. It's going to increase global warming, all of this. The matter of fact is Bitcoin mining is still a very small piece of the overall energy portfolio. Let's let I would let's also go back. say that. Oh, go ahead. Please, jump into please, that, Daniel. Please. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Um, the, the wind farming thing, I, I want to I, I want to like kind of like drive this point home. And uh, we don't really necessarily understand the amount of uh, stranded or wasted energy that uh, it gets produced at these places and then just never gets used, right? It doesn't make it to the grid because of the 
uh, I'm going to butcher any of the terminology. Uh, you, perhaps you can help us with that. Um, it, we, we, you know, we're so used to like switching on a light bulb and whatever else. And but, but the fact is, so much energy is lost from the point of where it's produced to when it finally gets to to the end user. Well, the thing is, is that that energy can only travel so far without having that line loss. And so when it comes to these different grids, um, there's different trading hubs on the grid where the energy is settled, where the energy prices are settled, depending on the grid you're at. And so some of those prices or some of those hubs have prices, as I mentioned, that reach those negative levels because there is so much production in one area, but not enough consumption. And so because energy um, cannot be, you know, created or destroyed in like when, it, when you create this, this electron, it has to go somewhere. You can't just say, oh, we don't need you right now. There's no light bulbs to turn on. Go back to sleep. No, this is an electron. It's going to go wherever it wants. And so when it gets on the grid, it just flows freely and someone has to, you know, end up picking it up at the end of the day. And if no one buys it, it actually just evaporates because of line loss, as I mentioned, from traveling so far. Whenever those electrons are traveling, we're always losing them. And um, so that's why you can't buy power in, you know, from North Carolina and California is because the odds of that power getting there, you know, would hurt the overall, which just wouldn't be, it just wouldn't work. So at the end of the day, you have to be close to that generation and close is relative, but you still have to be close enough to be able to buy that power in that uh, regulated market. And so the problem occurs when you have, as I mentioned, no one looking to buy the electrons, but people still producing them because they can't turn off their wind farms. They can't turn off a solar farm. Um, you just can't stop those type of generation assets. Right. So now if we have this this situation where like the wind farm example, just, just to try and lay this out in as basic terms as possible for people that might be listening and, and trying to follow, um, any of that kind of potential wasted energy that has been created is, is now never going to be used. It's just going to like slowly fizzle itself out. That can be used to power a mining rig and uh, stand the chance to um, uh, win the next block and turn that into, into Bitcoin, which is basically, you know, you heard, you hear the term, you know, stored monetary energy. Uh, is that what we're talking about? Yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about. And so that, energy consumption is being stored in a Bitcoin miner and not in a sense of like a battery where you'd be able to then pull that energy out over a certain amount of time, but more in the sense of that that, that capacity is locked in. And so what Bitcoin miners allow uh, energy producers to do or energy generators to do is they say, we're going to lock in 50 or 100 megawatts of power 24-7. So that power is locked in for the grid. So that means when the power Let's say we're, 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 preaching some, we're approaching something called peak power, and that's when the, everyone is looking to turn on their air conditionings at units at 3 or 4 o'clock during a hot summer day. And so as we approach this time, the grid operator or the power company would actually be able to say, hey, Bitcoin mining facility, and a lot of them have contracts like this, you need to turn off because instead of us going and turning on a coal plant or turning on another natural gas plant to support the, this additional 50 or 100 megawatts worth of power consumption that's needed by the residents in the area, we're going to tell you to turn off your miners and wait then for people to stop using their air conditioning to then turn back on. And so these mining companies and these mining facilities 
really, as I mentioned, act like grid stabilizers. They help stabilize the grid. They provide additional load to the grid, which is increasing the amount of green energy production we're able to put on the grid and decreasing the need for peaker plants, which are those coal and natural gas plants. Man, there's the FUD busted. What other what other fud are you like? You know what's really annoying you right now when, when you because there, there's so much coming. There's so much coming, and it's only going to get worse. Uh, so, what else can we arm people with that that are looking to to help people understand uh, that you know that we're not going to boil the oceans? Well, I think I think that's definitely one of the bigger ones that I've seen um, is that the energy uses conversation around Bitcoin. Um, I, I would also say, like, you know, we mentioned that there's the benefits here. There's actually benefits to the grid, benefits to the consumers. So um, people can you know, label Bitcoin as whatever they want. And it's easy to show or to say that this new technology is going to be bad. But at the end of the day, Bitcoin allows us to decentralize trust. And that's going to change um, the world for the better. That's going to make a lot of people's day-to-day jobs, I would say, easier and more convenient when it comes to being able to trust their counterparties or trust who they're working with. Most of business, if not, I would say 50 to 60% of business is about establishing that trust. And with Bitcoin, we're actually just trusting this protocol saying that we are trusting this ability to send value to any person in the world. You know, Daniel and I, we've never met in person. We've talked over the phone, but we're able to both communicate via value through this Bitcoin channel. Uh, so that's the really exciting things about Bitcoin that I've been super excited about. And just the whole mining process is how this trust network has that underlying value because Bitcoin miners like myself and all the miners across the world are purchasing Bitcoin mining equipment. And it's actually basically sold out until June, if not August now for new equipment. Um, and so all these companies are purchasing this equipment at scale. They're investing millions and millions of dollars. And then they're continuing to invest in millions and millions of dollars worth of power. They're buying this power um, as an investment to mine more Bitcoin. They're buying this power to run their operations. And in return, that's not only helping local cities, local areas, because their power bills are usually millions of dollars for megawatts or for 50 megawatts or plus. And that's helping with tax bases in these small, small towns. Most mining facilities in the United States and across the world are built in in cities or towns with, I would say, you know, less than 10,000, 5,000 people. These places are very rural areas because that's where the power generation is. So it's really helping out those groups of people. It's helping bring IT jobs to these farmland areas usually. And that's an important part of Bitcoin that you know people don't really talk about. We're actually here and I'm here in Iowa and we have a mining facility here Um in we are going to be working with the utility company to help understand the value we've brought to uh, the community when it comes to saving them money on their power rates. Because we do exactly what I mentioned when it comes to turning off our facility during those hot summer days here in Iowa. So we're excited to see how we've helped the Iowans over the past year running and operating this facility. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know another FUD um, thing that just keeps coming back is about the the mining being um, centralized in China. Can you do do us a favor, JP, and, and put us all right on um, how decentralized mining truly is? 
Well, it is decentralized, but I'm not going to say that it's not. There's not a lot of people mining in China. There's been estimates that it's still 60 to 50 percent of people mining in China, but that doesn't mean that it's 100 percent or 90 percent. So I think there's still the enough decentralization to make Bitcoin network have you know no issues when it comes to oh China will shut it down. Of course, if there was a step in by the Chinese government and they were to take all those Bitcoin miners, that would be an issue for the whole community. Um, but we're starting to scale away from China. A lot of the Chinese miners are actually as well due to capital controls due to the current government restrictions are starting to build facilities outside of china and we see a lot of them moving to the us we see a lot of them going to kazakhstan um ukraine russia um in those type of areas where the power is very cheap so there are a lot of bitcoin miners in china and most of the mining manufacturers are chinese companies but the same can be said about iphone manufacturers so you know anyone who makes those type of technology products so at the end of the day um we see that Bitcoin miners um, are produced and manufactured in China. The chips come out of Taiwan um, or with Taiwan with Taiwanese semiconductor or the Samsung factory. And so from there, the manufacturer in China, they are there is a lot of mining in China because of the power rates are very low. But we're seeing that shift. And I think it is probably at a low point compared to where it's been, uh, you know, how high it was earlier back when in Bitcoin started, when a majority of those miners, uh, at least in 2016, 2017, were definitely in China. And another another thing that has been coming up recently is the uh, the Venezuela um, like military um, plant or uh, um, mining facility uh, facility. Excuse me. What's what's going on there? Anything um, you, you've heard? Or and another then another one was um, wasn't it in Iraq that it was? Uh, I, I ran out of Iraq mining? or someone. I think somewhere in there. Iran. Yeah. Iran, so excuse I mean, me. we're seeing that. We're seeing that these nation states that have been cut off from the U.S. dollar are looking for a way to sell their energy. Um, you know, a big portion of the U.S. dollar and the reason why we utilize it so much as a global currency has been because of the trade in oil with the, you know, being the petrodollar. Uh, most trade as of oil was uh, backed by USD. Um, so that's really where the these, these nation states that are cut off from the U.S. dollar, as you mentioned, um, like Venezuela, like Iran, um, they need to do something with their energy exports. And so what we've seen is that they have lots of energy reserves. They don't necessarily know what to do with them. And so they're seeing Bitcoin mining as an opportunity to take these assets that they have, this oil, this natural gas, put it through a turbine, which they have there as well. They've already built these turbines. They've, they have them running. Most of the time, these turbines aren't um, as well maintained or have the long as, as long as a lifespan as ones in the United States uh, due to the instability there and just how the grid's working, how the grids are really horribly working. And Bitcoin mining prov is providing that stability to those grids. And so the government is utilizing those resources they have, those natural resources they have uh, in order to, to mine Bitcoin and to get exposure to Bitcoin. Now, I don't know if for a fact any any you know specifics on the mining operations. I've never uh, talked to anyone involved with them, but I am aware that they are happening just you know from the news articles that are coming out. And I'm seeing, and I expect it to continue. I expect the trend of nation states and large, um, um, large in energy institutions to continue to start stepping up Bitcoin mining operations because it makes sense and it's a much easier way to sell your excess energy than to find a buyer for it. So usually those products are, you know, going in the negatives or being written off. And let's bring it back to the states because I had Peter Doyle on from Horizon Kinetics, and he was talking about the the mining facility that uh, they are currently um putting together and and the um the investment pool that um they they run 
and have been running for uh, a long time and, and how they're uh, expanding that. Uh, you are currently setting up um, another or a new facility, is that correct? Can you give us some insights as to uh, what's going on in the, in the U.S.? Yeah, so we are setting up a new facility. Um, it's a 50 megawatt facility in Oklahoma, and that it's right in the middle of the United States, basically, um, powered by another wind farm out there. And we're working on on finalizing everything and plan to start the construction of the building in, I would say, the next month. Um, getting the, the parts order, the building parts, and starting to deploy a large 50 megawatt site. Um, we hope to have that be the first of, of many 50 megawatt increment sites. And we see the industry really maturing and scaling out here. Um, in the United States. And so that's what we're working on this year. And that's what I'm working on this year. Um, and long, uh, and then also we have a bunch of other um, clients that we consult with on their mining sites. And so we're running them for them all across the United States or expanding at, at different areas. Some of those in Pennsylvania, some of those in New York, um, some of those also in Iowa. So we're super excited to continue to grow this year. And I appreciate, you, you know, Daniel, you having me on and having the opportunity to discuss a little bit more about why Bitcoin mining isn't going to end the world and how it's not going to kill the environment, but how it's actually going to help everyone. <laughs> yeah, this is important FUD because I think it's going to be the 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 pinnacle of the fud to be honest i think it's going to be the thing everybody pushes really really hard uh you know whether that's coming from world health organization or uh world economic forum or wherever right um many politicians and all of the greenwashing that um that 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 gets overplayed in in many different uh places so it, and bitcoin's an obvious target it's just crazy and i remember actually last time that you were on you and i were were having a chat um you dropped the bombshell that uh that, that huge companies like uh, i think you even mentioned kellogg's had a huge mining facility in, in like uh, one of their warehouses but that um jp morgan were mining as well was that um what, what updates do you have on on that I would just say that these larger companies, I've now heard they're building out facilities um, at the pretty large scale, 50 to 100 megawatt scale, nothing crazy yet. But they're, they're, they're kind of moving from dipping their toes in the water to, okay, what does this really look like on an institutional play? Um, I don't have any more specifics on you know either one of those companies and their facilities, but we are seeing lots and lots of interest from the energy companies, from everyone who was like, you know, we talked to about Bitcoin mining. Um, six months ago, seven months ago, but wasn't interested, a lot of those groups are coming back to the table saying, okay, how do we put something together? What really makes sense here? Yeah. All right. Now, I know you've, uh, I know you've got to run. You've got to run into, uh, onto another call and, and to a meeting. So I just want to make sure that um, we get a shout out for, for what you're doing. If you can um, just, where can people come and find you? And uh, if anybody's interested in, um, in the company, uh, are you currently looking for investment or expansion? What's uh, what's going on? Yep. So we're always looking um, for investments and expansion to new sites and projects um, or into the parent company, depending on the size of capital. Uh, for people that have $100,000 or less, we have or $100,000 or more that are looking to get access to mining. We have our program called the Manage Mining Program, which is where we provide our services at cost and charge a performance fee uh, to manage those machines and work together on that. Um, the best way to find me or to find us is miningstore.com on the internet, um, Aurum Capital Ventures, that's A-U-R-U-M. My email is jp at miningstore.com. Feel free to send me an email, um, or you can find me on Twitter at jpbarrick. 
I also launched a podcast called Digital Gold. So feel free to check that out um, and listen to the first 10 episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. But those are the places you can connect with me. And Daniel, it was a pleasure to jump on again. I'm excited to, to do this again and to really dig into some more juicy mining questions next time. Yeah, absolutely. This has been a great quick fudbuster. Um, I might I might do a few more of these. This is uh this is this is definitely going to help the community arm themselves uh, with uh, when we face family or friends or or just general skeptics and you know have to face these these questions. So appreciate that, man. No, I I love it, and I'm glad to see the fudbuster coming out. I think that's a great name for it. <laughs> All right, JP. Well, I look forward to catching up with you again soon, brother. Thank you so much. Thanks again, Daniel. Have a great day. Okay, there you go, guys. Thanks for tuning in for this short edition, the FUD busting edition. Like I said, this is just um, th- this just happened off the fly. Uh, JP and I were having a, uh, a catch-up call. And we decided to just re- do a quick recording before we had to jump off to a- another meeting. But it's yeah, given me an idea. Maybe these fud busting, quick bite-sized episodes might be something to to keep pushing. Every time we see the fud coming forward, find that expert and just do a quick twenty-minute fud bust to to help us, um, you know, uh, figure this thing out and help other people understand as as quickly as we can. But uh, open to feedback as always. If you think this is a cool idea or not, uh, I of course much prefer the longer form. Just Getting down different rabbit holes is always so much fun. And hearing people's stories, everyone's got an amazing story to tell. So keep a lookout for more of the long-form stuff. And let me know what you thought of this. Um, Before we sign off, make sure, of course, to go and check out the show sponsors. That's CoinFloor in the UK, coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten. They're at CoinFloor on Twitter. They're always tweeting. Same with Swan, our cousins across the pond, swanbitcoin.com forward slash bitten. They fly and land in every single state. They have you covered. These are the places to head to. Go start stacking your sets. I'll catch you on the next show, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Take care.